Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is Super South, your Highlanders rugby fix. Thanks to SBS Bank, proud official banking partner of the Highlanders, helping Kiwis with their banking needs for generations. And shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, welcome into the uh, well, the last one for the year. It's Super South. Manaya in for Ricardo, Jeff, and as usual. Are we out? Oh, we're oh, out. We're, oh, we're out. Are we? Oh, bugger! Unfortunately, <laughs> we've been we've I been too. I thought it was just a dream. It was a bad dream <laughs> on Saturday night at Eden Park. You know, I saw this card come out of someone's pocket, oh. and all of a sudden, my hopes and dreams just got dashed. And then you woke up here in the studio. And I woke up in the studio, going, "Is this it? Is this the last <laughs> one? What happened? What was the final score? Oh, well, it's the, over. The final score was thirty-five to six in the end. Um, how, what did you make of that game? And, and did it kind of sum up the season for you a little bit? What I made of it was, it was great to see 20-odd thousand at Eden Park. Yeah. Um, we were two of them. Yeah, we were two of them. Uh, I was working. You weren't. Oh, I was or put, were you working the room? I was putting some work oh, in. Oh, you put work in the room. I was working the bar there, oh, I'll tell I was you about that. to say, you did some steps <laughs> there and back, there and back, you know, in between the breaks. Yeah. Look, it was a game for the Highlanders in the first 20 minutes. You'd have to say it was almost going to script. You were frustrating the Blues, forcing them to errors. It was a little bit dewy. It was a little bit cold. Um, and then it turned on its head the moment Andrew Makaleo got a red card because mm. the pressure valve, it didn't get released on the scoreboard, but it got released in terms of only one team was realistically playing from that point on for those first that next 20 minutes. Yeah. And the Highlanders, what, 10 minutes before halftime, maybe five minutes before halftime, they had a bit of a wall, you know, the, the weight of defence and tackling and, um, and the emotion of trying to cover a, a, a really, really talented, talented Blues side. Mm. They got those two tries and the game was got. You know, and you'll go, oh, it's only eight points at half time. But in the context of what the Highlanders had to do. Well, and, and for the Landers, they needed everything to go right. Every single thing yeah, had to Tony go Brown their way. Said that. Yeah. He said that afterwards, you know, that they needed every little thing. So when, when Umanga Jensen's punching his shoulder or pectoral muscle on the hope it brings it back to life... <laughs> That means it's not going your way, you yeah. know. And, and so Red Card, um, their most uh, potent attacking weapon, he gets injured. They lose Aaron Smith before the game. Yep. You know, so they, they lose, you know, arguably one of their very best ever, well, if not runner. the best. Well, but just the, this, yeah. their leadership, the guy who's been there and done that in big moments, he doesn't get to play. And don't get me wrong, Falau Fakatava put his hand up and put in a huge shift and had some great moments. But in terms of understanding that moment and what that was all about, mm. Aaron Smith would have been really valuable to have on the field. So you lose that, and then you know you started to see 
guys that are starting to get cut left, right and centre. The Blues are just standing there wondering what's going on because it's not <laughs> happening to them other than the Bryce Heeman. I'm hoping yes. he's okay. Yeah. I'm hoping he's okay. But they put everything out there. They, they, they left everything out there. Brownie said to me after the game, look, we've got no excuses. A lot of things didn't go right for us. Mm. But then I, he said something. He said, but reality is we only had half of our squad available for selection going into the last game. If you look on the other side, the Blues, they rested their top side against yeah. the Waratahs in Australia and were able to prepare. And the so, in terms of all of the all of the things you'd like to do going and like to have available to you yeah. going into a knockout game, the Hollanders were on the other side of where they certainly weren't coming in fresh. They're coming off the back of a loss with a lot of injuries, and then the, then all of a sudden it compounded to a fact that. The Blues were clearly a better team. They were a great team. And, yeah. and I've seen um, the you know the Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors likened to when you're defending them, it's like being in a boat with three holes and you've got two pegs to plug yep. them. And so you've just got to try and figure it out. The The Blues' back line seemed similar to that. So much star power across that. Like there was one try there. I believe Bowden Barrett scored it, but he made the initial break off to RTS, to Rico. I mean, it seemed like that, the, the three holes, the two plugs, you know? Yeah, yeah it was, It was. I, mean, I think the one you're talking about was when RTS went through, he gave yes, it to Rico, yes. and Rico gave it back to Bowden. I mean, there's, there's three potent players. Yeah. The Hollanders would love to have one of those. Yes. You know, just one of those guys would be handy. And I think that's, you know, the, and for the Highlanders to be successful... And I think this is a really, I and mean, we'll talk about some of the moves they might need to make it in the off season. Mm. But if if you think about what the Highlanders have quite often represented, they've represented an opportunity for the guys who aren't getting to play elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. And so that to me is a, quite often a reflection of the depth of our game in New Zealand, is who the Highlanders manage, manage to pick up mm-hmm. and give them an opportunity to play, and how they go out and perform. I think the weekend was a reflection of the inconsistencies of some of their players through the course of a season when, when they needed to, like you say, put everything together, mm. not just individually but collectively. And what we are seeing now is, is maybe we ask questions about whether or not that depth, and particularly our depth of experience, is starting to show whether or not those yeah. players... Yeah, I th- yeah, or, or I'll add to that, the Blues and... The Crusaders for years, and we've talked about it, had built great depth, right? Mm-hmm. I think we've got two franchises that are doing it really well now. The other one's the Blues. When yep. they can send a second team across to Australia to beat a Waratah side, mm. that tells you that they've clearly got depth. But you know, they've clearly got depth. And the Crusaders have done it for years. And still this year, same thing when they've had guys who haven't been there or thereabouts. I mean, they've welcomed back a Jack Goodhue so yeah. we can rest Braden in or. Oh, we'll bring in uh, Lester Whanganuku and we'll rest George Bridge. But then how do we fit Havili in? They've got an embarrassment uh, of riches. Yeah, but, but that's, that's, that's credit to them. Yeah, but absolutely. what I'm saying is is that that's where the Highlanders in the past have we've found some wee gems yeah. that have made a significant difference. We'll get into that, that, that a little bit later on. But, but overall, you know, the Highlanders will, and they'll be bitterly disappointed. Uh, and on the weekend, the nature in which the way that it ended up happening, um, because, mm. and I'm sure, um, you know, Andrew Makaleo has had another chance to look at it, and I'll be interested to see if there are any further sanctions that go with it. But the, I, I, I always thought that there may be a game which gets affected severely by a card. A red card, yeah. And this is probably the one, given one V8, um, that, that it, it, it did hurt. It yeah. did hurt them significantly. And that's what we've been talking about all season, you know, with the amount of cards that have been dished out. Eventually, it's going to affect the game. I don't know that you could 
say that that was the difference. Um, no, 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 but it added sure. the challenge, right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you look at the the season as a whole, um, looking back from from the start, the you know the the Landers have had a pretty rocky season. But what were some of the highlights for you for for this for this Highlanders season? What were some of the bright spots that you can look back to and say, "Oh, we could build on that"? Or what about when that happened? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> this is quite a difficult one, you know, because I think there are a couple of games in particular which I think could significantly have changed the course of the season. Mm-hmm. And I look at those and you go, right, let's try and take away what you did so well against the Crusaders in Christchurch yeah. where you were right there and you probably should have won. You know, and you think about if you manage to achieve that, how does that change the course of your confidence, your belief, your mm-hmm. understanding? Um, it, it may not affect you know, the injuries and, and, and those challenges that you might face, but... Bottom line, you look at it and go, um, you know, maybe that would have been a difference. The fact that it wasn't played like a normal competition where yeah. you would have played Australia and New Zealand teams alternately and differently away from home and all those sorts of things. Yep. The fact they had to play all the New Zealand sides so they never sort of got the momentum that they may have picked up earlier on. With a couple get, of wins against the Aussie teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you wonder whether or not the attrition rate of playing the New Zealand sides with younger players yeah. caught up on them. So there's all these things, scenarios you could look at it and you go, and that's and here's the thing, I, I don't want to sound as though I'm making excuses. I don't, I don't want to sound that because, yeah. but these are the realities that this team faced this year um, and they've got a, I don't think they'll face those again in some circumstances. I'd be surprised if they face that again, not, right? Yeah. You'd hope not, right? We started the season in a bubble in Queenstown. Doesn't yeah. that seem like it was years ago? Yeah, it, it does. Absolutely. You know, such and, a disjointed season. Yeah, yeah. And so, but but they'll they'll be very much asking some questions about where where did some of these things go wrong, and you know, um, uh, they've got some decisions to make up top as well. Yeah. Um, so, but 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 by the same token, um, you know, the Highlanders have been here before. And it's not like they went away. They they were there for a number of games. They still mm. won four games. You know, um, here's, here's another scenario for it, and this is not taking anything for granted here, but they, you know, Moana had a really tough season, Moana Pacifica. Yeah. The Highlanders only played them once this year. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you think about that, and, and I'm not taking that as a guarantee because they saw how the Moana team finished. No. But, but yeah. all of a sudden, you know, if a lot of the teams picked up two wins against them. You know, uh, and you go, does that help? Does that help? I don't think it's going to be like that from here on in. I think if Moana, I'm interested to hear if, if they've managed to sign some of their players. Mm. Um, that's cr- critical for them. Um, but, but you know, you look at all of these circumstances and you're going, all right, now we've, we've, we've got a, a platform. Well, not a platform. We've got somewhere we have to start. This is our starting point. Mm-hmm. And we've got to do it without Brownie. And uh, that's the reality we're facing. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get into where to next for the Landers now, uh, after that, now that the season's over. Uh, we'll get around to that right after this ad break. Yeah, welcome back into uh, Super South for the last time this year. It feels sad saying that, but it is an honour and a privilege to be in here alongside you, Jeff. Well, look, it's been a lot of fun. It has four been. times. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing four times. The other time it's been like, right, what's what do we do now? What, uh, how do we get around this? And we've chatted to some great people. It was great to chat to Ben Smith last week, you know. Yeah. And we've talked a bit of, we've sung a little bit of the Highlanders song. To be fair, we haven't played this song, I don't think. Have you been playing this every week? Uh, well, because we, wasn't this the omen, or were you playing this? Well, that, that started that started the role, and then it hasn't quite worked for a few okay. of the last weeks. But anyway, that's all right. I just to remind people of what it used to sound like. <laughs> it does sound like a game. It's a matter of now. We've got to look forward, right? Yeah. So, with that in mind, the, you were saying out in the office just before 
the roster's pretty much full up already. There's five yeah, spots look, left. Understanding, well, it's understanding the fact that they've, they've realistically they've you know, probably only got four or five spots left already, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they've de- dedicated to a lot of the players that are already on this list. But before you even go into that, you sort of have to look at what the future is in regards to the coaching team down there. And yeah, Clark Dermody, look, did a great job last year, took over for the Trans-Tasman competition when Brownie headed back up in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. He's indicated he wants the responsibility of being in charge of the team, which is great, put his hand up. But mm-hmm. I understand him and um, Ricky Flutie are the only two right now that are, that are contracted. Right. Um, that's my understanding. I don't know for, for, certain, uh, for certain of that, but that's my understanding. And so... Obviously, Brownie's not going to be there next year, and, and um, you know there's talk that they may be even looking at the the structure of the way they're going to look at um, you know how they run their coaching team, whether or not they have a normal coaching structure where they have multiple and a head, and or they have uh, uh, like a director of rugby, which Warren Gatlin's doing that job yeah. for um, uh, for the Chiefs, you know, and that's something that's become you know become very very um, apparent that some teams need, particularly when you've got younger. And, and less experienced coaching staff, right? And so, th- before you start talking about players, you've got to get that settled. You've got to, you know, you've got to work and look at look at that. And and I think that'll be the challenge for um for the for the Highlanders is they need to try and settle that first. To go, you know, what what's our structure going to be? And a lot of that'll be about personnel. Remembering when Brownie took the job a couple of years ago, it was on the fact that they they went looking for a head coach. Yep. You know, I think they even approached Joe Smith at the time. You know, he's coming back. They approached everyone about, okay, if, if we can get the right person, we'll get them in. They couldn't find the right person, and Brownie put up his hand and said, yep, I'll do it. But that's why last year, you know, when it got to the Trans-Tasman time, he, he was already committed to go and work with Japan. Right. So it wasn't like he was he, – he, he knew the role he wanted to play, but he wasn't able to do that. And you wonder if you think maybe that's had a slight effect as well, where – you know, when you are the head coach of a super rugby team and you talk to all of them, the, the responsibilities and trying to get the balance between if you're a coach that wants hands-on on the park mm-hmm. and everything else that surrounds it, management of your own management team, your coaching team, preparation, um, then your uh, relationship with your um, uh, actual franchise and organisations and ownership, then your, in terms of your management and your players. That's Throw the media on top of uh, it? Uh, uh, 100%. You put all of that in, in, in together and you're going, well, does that take away from your ability to deliver on the field and yeah. what you're best at? You know, And I'm not saying that's happened, but what I'm saying is those are the things you have to consider. So if they are looking at this, um, you know, and, and uh, an article was written a while ago, actually, in, in, um, in the paper about uh, about the Highlanders and with Brownie leaving, what are the possibilities? You know, one of the guys whose name was, was brought up was a Chris Boyd. You know, who's over with Northampton at the moment, who's, who's indicated he's coming back and wants to come home. Yep. Is he the right type of guy to come into a Highlanders environment? I don't know. I'm just throwing his name out there. Do you, you know? start with who you get and then build the structure around that, or do you put the structure in place and then try and fill people to fit those roles? I or? 100% think it's a little bit of both. Right. Where you sit there and you're going, here's the applicants, and well, the best way, f- if you're the guy, you're the head coach, and then it's a traditional-looking model. Yeah. Oh, hold on, but uh, no, we've put an inexperienced head coach, and he'd just say with Dooms, he's you know he's not vastly experienced. It's all come pretty quickly. Sure, yeah, you know, um, do you put a guy in as that director of rugby where they can mentor and help? No different to what the Black Ferns have done, right? Yeah. And that's what yeah, yeah. Uh, Sir Graham Henry is doing with them. Exactly. You know, Wayne Smith is the head coach now. He he probably doesn't need any mentoring, Smithy. Pretty sure he knows what he's I doing. Think but, okay. but 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 in saying that, the director of rugby is taking the pressure, some of those pressures off Wayne Smith in regards to the peripheral. So Wayne Smith can focus on coaching on the field and preparing the team. So you find if there's a right guy that becomes available, then you put them in that spot. And so you know I think the they'll do that first before you can start looking at mm. you know what you can do and change with the roster. Because if you look at the roster, 
I really still like if you if you add into the Ford pack, um, return of Putty Putty Parkinson yeah. and Manaki Selby Rickett. Yeah. Loose forwards, my understanding is they're all coming back. You know, so sounds so, like everyone is. Well, that's pr- that's pretty much it. You know, uh, other than um, uh, Liam Coltman. Yes. You know, uh, a wonderful story we were able to do with him. He's such a. It's it's. I'm 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 grateful to see him heading on. And, and going overseas and enjoying the twilight of his career because he deserves it. He seems great. like such a, a oh. just such a nice guy. I, I, I had a few flatmates when I was down in Dunedin, you know, played club rugby with him, and you know, just such a great clubman and had a grin on his face every day. Yeah. Loved what he was doing. Loved, loved playing it. footy. Yeah, loved playing footy. You know, did everything he possibly could to do. Yeah. Got a, got a taste of the All Blacks. Got to play for the All Blacks. Oh. Had a great career. Unreal. And wish him all the best. You know, and so. So just, just quickly, while we're on the forwards, we've got a text here from Carlos that I want to get to. Uh, he said, I thought Michaeli Tu'u uh, was a standout performer for the Landers last week. Imagine how dynamic he would be alongside an All Blacks forward pack. Is he in contention for the ABs as number eight? Or do you see him as a number six backup? Would love to see him named in the All Blacks squad on Sunday. That's from Carlos, who is a Crusaders fan. Oh, and you're 100% right. I would love to see him as part of the All Blacks setup. I just don't know where the spot is. And what mm. he is right now, and we saw it on the weekend. He's just a less experienced Hoskins Satutu. They are very, very similar That's players. Right. Yeah. They carry well. They've got a really nice skill set. They're yeah. really good athletes. They've got good speed. You know, um, they are a line-out target. They're very much similar. Hoskins has just got more experience than Mike, right. Uh, Marino right now. But I agree with everything you're saying. In some ways, maybe a little bit more versatility. Um, Hoskins is pure eight. number eight yeah. with that ability uh, Marino's played a lot on the blindside flank you know so he's been a big mover I've been really really impressed with him and you know um, the combination and, and this is where another thing you talk about going forward you combine that with Harmon he he, he missed a lot of time and yeah. so did Shannon Frizzell oh. you know so that starting loose forward trio actually didn't play together no. this year yeah. you know so so if you, you you hold on to that, and then you've still got someone like a James Lynchies and a Hugh Renton backing those guys up, who are getting more and more experienced. Obviously, Lynchies is, is is well experienced, but Renton's getting more experienced. I think there's enough to like about in the loose forwards. I talked about the locks. Max Hicks is a young, good young lock coming through. Josh Dixon will still be around. So I, I look at and and they've got no no issues up front. You got uh, Degroot. You got Ainsley. You know, um, Aiden Johnston didn't play quite as much as you would have liked. Uh, so, is, is first five an issue for the for the Blues? It was. It's been an issue all for the Blues. No, it's not an issue for the Blues. They've got a guy <laughs> named Bowden Barrett. I think they're okay. I think they're doing all right. It's first five an issue for the Landers. It has been throughout the season um, in terms of no one really nailed that jersey down, did they? I mean, Sam Gilbert. Um, he, had, he, had a, he had a breakout one performance. Let's put, put that on ice. Exactly, and then you know suspended, and then we don't see him again. So, so here's the thing, right? Um, Mitch Hunt and uh, and, and Marty Banks, my, I hear they're still they're still there. They're still contracted, right? So if you've right. if you've got that selection you're just talking about there, and Gilbert, right? Do you then have to? You know, are you saying now that Sam Gilbert's going to be a ten? Is he? I think that the interesting thing for me is if, if if I was to look at their squad and go, okay, what is it they desperately desperately need? That if you had a million dollars, you'd go and get Damian McKenzie to play fullback, right? Yeah, right. That's what you go and do. They haven't. You can't replace Ben Smith, but fullback no. has been an area which has been a revolving door for them, which is really, really critical. The ability in the air, kicking game, counter attack, um, a second uh, ball player. They haven't got a natural player who's done that job for them. Do you and think so, he'd do it? What's that? <laughs> do you think he'd do it? No. I, well, I read an article. He look. It sounds as though he's committed to going back to the Chiefs, right? So yeah, if he's going sure. back to the Chiefs, okay. What is it? The 
the Chiefs have got to, is that, does that mean Josh Uwani comes back on the table and could he come back? You know, I don't know. Yeah. These are all just, but but I look at it and go, that's the one position. And Connor Garden Bishop, um, is he the right player? I, I still think he's got some work to do, and that's where if you if you look across the squad uh, and the things that you know they'll they'll be they'll be honest about is that they really lacked consistency and uh, an impact in their back line, you know, yeah. and, and particularly out wide. And the loss of Jonah Nariki and and. Uh, C.O. Tompkinson yeah, true. Uh, early on as well. I forgot about C.O. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. So yeah. these are the guys who have played significant minutes and are impactful. Thomas Umang and Jensen played a lot of time who was injured, you know. So you're probably just looking. You need you either, you either need to bolster those stocks. I think you need to find a fullback, a genuine fullback option. Gives you some security back there um, and some um, intent. And then you sort of start building around that. And, and you know, uh, Mitch Hunt took a whole lot on his shoulders this year. And and he just didn't quite reach the heights he's uh, uh, met in the past, you know. No, so there's plenty of green shoots, as we say. Like, like you mentioned, you mentioned so many names just then that like, you oh, haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, we haven't guy. seen for three months. Yeah, he plays for the Highlanders. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. he hasn't played for the Highlanders yeah, well, because exactly. because he's been injured, you know. And, and so and so you think there's enough green shoots there that it's not uh, necessarily a problem that only four or five players are, are off rosters, only four or five spots. Yeah, no, no, it's it's actually just finding finding what you need, and you know whether or not you're in a position where if I can't get if I can't get sign a big gun, if I can't move mm. a big gun or m- multiple big guns. And this, I was talking about the depth at the top of the show. Uh, you know, if if players are committing to playing three games for the Blues when the other guys aren't available, yeah. right? And I'm and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a name out there for you, uh, Corey Evans. Right, played two games for the Blues this week, this year. Got player of the match against Moana Pacific in the midfield. Now he's had some injuries, right? Yeah. And then he uh, played against the Waratahs. Didn't miss a tackle. It was a, it was huge. Roger Tuivasa Sheik's going to play most of the games at second five eight next year, so, right? Yeah. So he's not. So so I'm not saying he should move. But what I'm saying is, is that when those they protect those players. players and the Crusaders protect the, the players they've always protected, then all of a sudden there's guys, young guys that maybe they, if they can't, they should be looking at and going, can we shift them down for a couple of years to get the the, the next two out of them, or you you go even younger, and you go righto, because in theory you'd think, I mean, what there's only what three All Blacks on the roster, Aaron Smith. Um, Shannon Frizzell. Shannon Frizzell and uh, and the prop um, Ethan DeGroot, you know, and 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 he's a he's a new All Black. Yeah. So you'd be thinking the budget shouldn't be blown right now, should it? There's cap space. You should, well, you'd think there's cap space, right? Yeah. To go, you know what? Do we we go out there and and if you put the big contract in someone, does it does it move them and are they available? So that's their their big questions, you know. Can I ask you another thing, not related to the action on the field, but the action in the stands? I mean, that was the first game on the weekend that I've been to. Um, for a long time, I think a lot of people haven't been started going. You know, are only starting to go back to live sports events now. You have been to a few games down down there under the lid in the uh, yep. in the uh, Forsyth Bar Stadium. How, how good is it to be able to go back to live sporting events now? Well, but I think we're we're getting some momentum. It is actually quite handy that the Blues are going well because it's their largest city. It's yeah. their largest fan base. There are actually the fans are there now. We've just got to provide. The right environment that they want to come, the right experience, the right yeah. experience, and the right experience is value for money. That's part of being a fan now. Is you want value for money? I still think it's a challenge for our stadia. You know, when it comes to and what it is you're providing and the cost of going and 
when you're talking about whether it's a beverage, whether it's food, whatever, the whole experience becomes very expensive mm. very, very quickly. But that's across the, you know, but, but Auckland's going to, you know, in terms of population, you just wonder, you just wonder would that encourage a few more people if it was slightly more affordable. But in saying that, 20-odd thousand showed up. Yeah. I think there's a, it was a really good atmosphere. Um, they, you know, they've, they've worked hard and they're trying to provide entertainment. They're engaging the crowd before and after yep. to try and you know, you know, get them into it. So it to was a really, really good. There's still a lot of work on, well, I think, for yeah, that stuff. I think we, but I think what I've noticed is they're trying really hard. Yeah. Well, and, and to me, that's the most important thing is they're trying because you'll try, you'll learn, and you'll get better. They're seeing instances. I mean, I still I went to a to a Tata game basketball yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It was, and there would have only been five hundred there max at the North Shore Events Centre. Yeah, it's a bit. They were giving it, but no, no, it was good. Oh, was it? It was a great atmosphere. Oh, just last week we had Justin Nelson in on the basketball show, um, slagging the uh, the the public off for not going to those games. Oh man, but you've build it and they'll come. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, this is this is don't get too far ahead of yourself here. (laughs) This is the NBL. You know, I saw a dunk last night. Oh my God, I've gone off track here completely. <laughs> I saw a dunk last night from Chris Johnson, who's about 6'10", 6'11", from okay. the Tuatara. It was a putback dunk on the buzzer in the first half where basically he would have had his arm at the... He might have just jumped from about, I don't know, 12, 14 foot from the hoop, cupped at one hand, put it straight back down. Like, it was massive. The whole That's crowd went, ooh. The and then they handed out Krispy Kreme donuts at <laughs> halftime. Like, they just walked around the stands with the, the trays of them, giving donuts away, throwing T-shirts into the crowd. Honestly, then the guy had a half, the standard old half-short uh, shot, and he yeah, hit yeah. the rim like it was... So all of a sudden, they, these little things, yes. you know, that, those study experiences you're talking about, there may have only been five, six hundred. There may be more. You know, I wasn't counting, for, per se. Um but it, it was actually a really good day, you know. It yeah. was a, it was a good afternoon out for a couple of hours. They did everything they can, and they everyone loves free stuff. Oh, do they? Well. Come on, let's be honest. So when you've paid to go, and then free stuff comes back at you, you feel as though you you, you know I'm getting something back here. I've lot, got the yeah. chance to get it, you know. So and was, all those things. Oh, I think there's you know we're still seeing the zoo down in Dunedin, right? Yeah. We're still seeing there's an engagement there, you know, and that's that's you know you, you're going to get. More people when you win. Yeah, that's just the way it works. Absolutely. I, I guess I was just a little upset that they didn't have spicy bratwurst left at Fritz's when I went to go and get a wiener just after half time. Um, but that's my own issue. Um, that's all we got time for <laughs> us. tonight on uh, Super South. Jeff, thank you very much for all your hard work this season. It's been an uh, honour and a privilege to sit inside the studio and Look, in my car on the way home listening to uh, you break down the the landers. I've enjoyed, enjoyed my Tuesday nights. Oh, it's been nice coming in. You know, great. it's been great. I don't know when I'll see you again. So I'll be listening. Start of next season. Thanks very much, Jeff. That's been South. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.